1: This is your host, this and every episode, Jamie Rodriguez. And we welcome the new listeners. Welcome to the j Rod Concerts family. And today, guys, we have a really cool and unique guest, guys. He is a musician, but more than that, he does so much more. He's an entrepreneur, best-selling author. He is uh, an activist for independent musicians. He is... um, music festival creator. He's collaborated with acts like Cake, 30 Seconds to Mars, and Ben Folds. Ladies and gentlemen, we introduce to you Ari Hursthand, an incredible musical soul, one of the most respected people in the music industry today, guys. And Ari just released his, uh, his own music, uh, his new single, Drifting, which captures that pivotal moment of regaining one's power and pulling yourself through heartbreak. So really powerful stuff. It's from his new album, Like Home, which is coming out really quickly in April 9th. A soul-bearing autobiography that uh, just deals with heartbreak. And which of you listening to to this podcast or me can't relate to that? So great stuff. Uh, Ari has been described by Forbes as the poster child of do-it-yourself music. He is from Minneapolis. Like I mentioned, best-selling author, educator, advocate and just an authority on how to succeed as an independent musician. Uh, Last year during COVID, he put one of the largest online music festivals called Uncanceled. Massive success uh, written about by Rolling Stone magazine and a bunch of others. And just really cool to have Ari here on the show tonight, giving us his knowledge and his wisdom. If you want to find out more about Ari, his official website is ariherstand.com or on Instagram at AriHerstand. So, we welcome Ari. If you're new to the show, please give us a little subscription, click or give us a review. Helps us a whole bunch and keeps us motivated on what we do here with the show. So, without further ado, guys, Ari Hurstan on J Rod Concerts, the podcast. Hey, Ari. Hello.
0: Jamie, what's How up? How are you
1: doing? How's everything?
0: good how are you doing
1: look at that professional compound you got going on there i love it man
0: oh i'm glad you think this is professional fantastic i've done it's it me. i've i've fooled you well
1: <laughs> no man you're you are a pros pro pro how's everything are you how, how are Thanks. you doing
0: i'm doing great um yeah i'm actually i'm heading to new york tomorrow so i'm just kind of getting ready for this this trip um and uh but yeah
1: everything everything is going well is that your first time taking a flight in a while or, or are you like a casual traveler during this time?
0: Uh, no, I have not flown since the pandemic hit, so oh, wow. uh, I don't know what to expect necessarily. Uh, I'm definitely double masking <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> and uh, I will. Um, yeah, this is uh, it's, it's a work trip. And, and I think, you know, we haven't heard too many crazy stories about uh, it being too unsafe. Flying, so uh, and I've had a lot of friends that have flown during this time, yeah. and so just taking all the precautions, doing a bunch of tests, all that stuff. So yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, I think I agree with that. You know, just before we we get to your great story, I think you know the flights per se, like the actual. Flying part has yeah. felt great. Yeah. Uh, the, the airport, 50-50. So, you know, <laughs> no need to arrive there two hours before or any of that, no. you know, that kind of thing. You can just kind we of... We
0: intentionally, I, I, we're flying out of Burbank, which is the smaller airport in LA, yeah. just to make sure that,
1: uh, yeah, we kind of keep it uh, to the smaller side as well. I but, love, yeah. love it. I love it, Ari. Well, listen, obviously, let me introduce you to my audience. You know, Ari Hurstant, entrepreneur, musician, educator, author of the Amazon best book book uh, how to make it in the new music business and you have a new album like home uh coming up on april 9th which the single is already out Ari so such a fascinating guy so many projects going on uh, so welcome to the show thank you thanks for having me absolutely Ari so let me start with this i mean before we get to like to the meat of the music and all that i mean you've done it all um and everything from like such a high level, Ari, you know, in research, we realized, you know, so I, I felt like, you know, we have to ask you, what is the secret to your productivity? Is it, is it simple as like your diet, sleep, or is it like your organization? What is it? Like, how do you do it?
0: Um, well, it's, uh, I think it honestly just comes down to my passion uh, the grit and drive, I, I don't have any, cr- I don't have a crazy diet. Um, I don't have any, um, you know, early morning routines. I don't, I don't have like the Tim Ferriss, what's your morning routine thing. I, it's like, there's nothing that interesting uh, or secretive about what I do. Um, you know, I, I guess throughout the entire course of my career, uh, no matter what I'm working on is I don't really allow roadblocks to deter me. So, um, if there's ever anything that I come up against, whether it was in my music career or whether it's in, um, you know, the business side or anything that I'm doing, I always find a way around, around that roadblock. Um, and I think it's just the, why my productivity just, I, I suppose just comes from, uh, my, my curiosity and my passion and the drive. And, and, uh, I, you know, I set up the, these goals that I'm, I'm looking to achieve and I, and I'm. I'm just, I stop at nothing. And so I, I suppose it's, um, just a combination of, of, a little bit of my insanity and, and just, uh, just my, my overall, uh, just, just ne- just my passion for everything
1: that Your I'm hunger. doing. You have a great hunger, you know, that's, yeah. I love it. I love it. Ari. Great stuff. So obviously you're from, you're from Minneapolis, uh, from Minnesota. And, um, right
0: uh I, so i i started my music career in minneapolis i spent many years there uh um, okay. my music career started in minneapolis i actually grew up in wisconsin just next door but yes gotcha. yes gotcha
1: gotcha why do you think okay so obviously you know minneapolis i think it's like an underrated music scene isn't it i mean yeah. obviously you know prince but Lizzo's from there yep. you have uh you know zola asylum what makes minneapolis like such an american like musical jewel Ari? uh the winters (laughs) it's so cold uh that we all kind of uh we have this
0: camaraderie and we can uh kind of pull it together because uh you know it's it's one of the only places in the country where if it's negative 20 uh degrees below zero and blizzarding people will still go out and see live music I mean Mm. it's the most incredible thing I had never experienced anywhere else I mean in LA where I am now uh if there's a light drizzle the half the city shuts down and nobody leaves their house. So yeah, it's same quite here in Australia. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Minneapolis. Honestly, I, it was one of my favorite parts about being in that scene. There was uh, the music community. It was uh, so supportive, and everyone uh, really kind of came together. And it was definitely, um, you know, it was such a wonderful experience being there, growing up musically in that city.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable, Larry. Love it. Love it. And and we love your mission. That's another thing we love about you. I mean, part of it is it's so important and it's just to empower other musicians, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, with, whether it's, uh, you know, putting the spotlight the way we can, we also like to do that, even if it's a little bit, but um I mean, so many directions we can go here, but let's start with the Academy. Let's sure. start with the low hanging fruit. Obviously, sure. um, you know, Ari's Take Academy, love the concept. Uh, how was it conceived and the, what, what, what's the goal there, Ari, for my audience?
0: Sure. So uh, for, for those of you who don't know, so I, I started Ari's Take the blog. It was a music business advice blog uh, in 2012. That was basically sharing tips that I was learning running my own music career for other musicians, because I don't believe in competition in the music industry. I believe that a rising tide lifts all ships. Mm -hmm. And I was seeing a lot of my friends in music getting taken advantage of by managers, labels, promoters, club owners. Um, And I was learning a lot by running my own music career, Um, you know, and having a lot of successes here and there. And people were asking me how I was, how, how I was doing that. And so um, I tried to get back to everybody and I, and I did it for a time, but then word spread. If you have questions about the music business, go ask Ari. That's why <laughs> I launched the blog. Um, and so I just started sharing everything I was learning. I put it up Love on the it. blog. The blog kind of took off um, and it turned into the book deal. Um, And so then the book, um, you know, was based on everything that I was learning, but also the hundreds of interviews that I had given over the years uh, to the movers and shakers in the industry. Um, Whenever I would sit down with anyone in the industry, uh, especially because most musicians don't get an opportunity to... Uh, pick the brains of some of the most powerful people in the industry, I felt it was my duty and responsibility as like the representative of all musicians (laughs) to ask them the questions that like every musician has, but nobody actually has the access to ask these people these questions, the hard questions, the real questions. And so I would always ask these questions. I gathered all the information and that's what I put into the book. And then when the book came out, um, it it is now
1: been widely adopted by- in um, double yeah. published, right? I mean, bestseller. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Second edition now. And, and um, edition, most yeah. music universities are teaching it these days, which is, which is amazing. And I love to see. Um, but you know, musicians came to me after they read the book, and they're like, eh, this has been so helpful. I really appreciate the book. I've learned so much. I'm looking for a bit more hands on guidance. Um, is there, you know, anything uh, that you can help me with? And I, I don't have time to do consulting anymore. Um, right. and, it, and it also, you know, because my book is taught in so many universities there, I've, I've spoken at a lot of colleges around the country. Um, and the thing that was so challenging for me when I was there is I would, uh, when I would pop into these music business classrooms, I usually sit at the back and listen to the teacher teach uh, talk for a little bit before I would give up and give my spiel. Hmm. And I found that so many of these schools were just outdated in what they were teaching and the teachers there were so detached from yeah. the current music industry. Like they may have been deeply in the music industry 20 years ago, but they weren't on the ground today. And so they didn't, they weren't up to date with what was happening. And it was frustrating to me that all these kids were, were graduating a hundred, two hundred thousand $200,000 in debt, had no career prospects. And the information these, is, yeah. And the Irrelevant. information they learned was outdated. And so a lot of times they would come to me and when I was doing consulting sessions, they'd hire me to consult them on like basic stuff, like royalty collection that they should have learned in school. I'm like, what did you spend yeah. $150,000 on yeah. if they didn't teach you how to collect your royalties? So I was like, it was so frustrating. So I decided that I needed to, to launch an alternative education uh, platform institution where not only will, are our instructors experts in the field right now currently doing it like we don't we don't hire teachers we don't hire professors we hire experts in the inner industry yeah Mm -hmm. and so they teach um and then our main main goal is that our students who are musicians and and managers can implement what they learn immediately and that it will advance their careers right away and we are actually now working with with placement. We're getting our artists signed uh, to agencies, and we're like we have direct placement. So it's it's very important to me and to all of us that work uh, at Ari's Take that that we are not just getting students into the program, the more important thing is that we're seeing that they are becoming successful from what we're offering and what we're teaching.
1: I love it. Ari, you're like unbelievable. What you're doing is so important. It's crazy. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. And let me ask you about this as well, uh, just before we get to, uh, you know, to, um, to to the new music, which is great, by the way. Um, you. you know, I think part of the conversation that's really taken off with this pandemic has been the streaming thing, right? Because touring, mm-hmm revenue disappeared and artists started making the math and they're like, wait, for every 1 million streams, we're getting how much, right? Right, right. Because, you know, we're getting 500 bucks per Mm -hmm. 1 million streams. If we're lucky, if it's like the high-end streaming services, Um, I'm sorry, 5,000 bucks. Uh, What, what, what do you make of this conversation? And like, I mean, the future of streaming, right? Like Mm -hmm. people in Tokyo can listen to your song right now, Ari, but that doesn't monetize basically sure so
0: so you're right i mean the the access is now greater than ever um the 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 thing about streaming these days um where i i think there's a lot of confusion is that we're looking at the paper like the calculation you just did the the paper stream we're like well you know it's about a half a penny per stream it's actually a little bit less than that um you know but it, that's not the right way to look at streaming as how much are you earning per stream? Because that's the traditional mindset of how it used to be. Whereas, before you had to convince people to buy your music. So, so fans would purchase music in the past. It was, they would hear a song on the radio. They liked the song enough. They became a fan of that song. So then they're like, you know what? I want to learn more about this artist. They would drive to the record store. They'd buy the CD because they were a fan of the song. First, maybe the artist or on the more indie level they would go to a show, they'd see a show, they loved the show. So now they're a fan of that artist. They would go to the merch table, they would buy the CD. They were a fan. Yeah. That was the. Yeah. Now we've flipped that completely on its head. It's no longer that you need to be a fan of an artist to actually put money in that artist's pocket. Because here's the difference now artists um, are getting paid on streams from people who are not fans of them. Mm. That's never happened before. So. Yes, um, if if the only so if we were living in a bubble in a vacuum and we're like, man, I have a thousand fans, and the only thing that they're gonna uh, way that they can pay me is through streaming on Spotify, and that's gonna pay me about you know a third or so of a penny per stream. It's like there's no way to live on that. Absolutely, if the only audience that you have are your current fan base, and if the only way to monetize that current fan base was streaming, which is not the case. There are so many more monetization efforts and and opportunities out there other than streaming. But that's not the case. The Mm -hmm. thing is, is that we're living in an era where there are artists, independent artists who are getting millions and millions and millions and millions of streams that cannot sell 50 tickets to their hometown show. Mm -hmm. Now, how is that possible? It's possible because of playlists, because people are listening to playlists and on the playlist, they don't know the artist they're listening to. It's no. like when you turn on the radio stations, like when you turn on pop radio, it's like, man, I love pop radio. And it's like, oh, who do you love? It's like, I don't know. I just love the radio station. It's the same <laughs> with playlists. It's like, <laughs> yeah. I love the chill out playlist while I'm studying. I love the, you know, your favorite coffee house. I, you know, and so the thing is, it's like, sure. Um, there's a lot of songs on that playlist by a lot of artists that the listeners of that playlist have n- don't know and never heard of and are not going to buy tickets to their shows. So you're like, well, why is that helpful to anybody? Well, those artists are getting paid for all those streams. Previously, if you had a song on the radio, yes, it was great exposure, but as the artist, you're not, you're not making any money from that radio play. Um, as a songwriter, yes, but it's a, that's a different conversation. But now people are getting paid for their music being listened to without even having fans. So like I said before, you had to have fans who would purchase, yeah. choose to purchase your music. Sure. Now you're getting paid without actually having the fans. So the thing is, is that um, yes, if you don't get on those playlists, yes, it's a it's a co- totally different conversation and and getting on playlists is a whole other topic. We could take up an entire hour, yeah. which we're not gonna touch oh, yeah. on now, but it's, it's, I push back when people say you can't make money on streaming because uh, Spotify actually came out last year and said that there are over 43,000 artists, the vast majority of them independent, no labels that are making a full living just on Spotify royalties. We're not even wow. talking Apple music. We're not even talking about anybody else. We're talking just Spotify said 43,000 artists. That's more individual musicians in the history of the music business that are yeah. making a living from streaming these days. So when you just look at you point to one person and you're like, oh, well, that person they're they're not making a lot of money. It's just like, well, okay, Sure that person but i could also point to 43,000 other people who are and and a lot of them are friends and and i've seen this and it's like yeah you know the people who are speaking out against spotify and the people who are the loudest are not the ones that are are seeing the wins from this and those people stay quiet because they're happy with what's happening but Mm. the thing is is like so there are there's definitely two conversations that are happening right now and i think the loudest one that is kind of monopolized the conversation in the industry is the one that isn't really helpful to the advancement of the new music right. business and helping artists careers. And I'm always looking for ways that I can help musicians and thrive. And I'm not, uh, there, there's way too many people that are all doom and gloom. I'm not doom and gloom. I'm very realistic. I will say, yes, it's very challenging for people that don't get anointed by Spotify and they don't get on the playlist, but it's possible. And I could highlight a thousand of those cases too. Interesting.
1: Oh, I love that perspective. I got to tell you already, like that's that's a completely fresh angle that you just gave my audience right because everyone is like oh silicon valley the boogeyman you know right so anyway let's talk about the music I mean home Ari I mean you know the heart of your new project is the idea of home uh I loved it Ari what is what is home Ari and I relate to some of it because I went through a divorce last year March of last year um what have you discovered home is for you Ari?
0: Yeah, so this album, um, you know, I, I recently released the title track "Like Home," um, and and yeah, the whole album is, um, you know, it, it was inspired because uh, I broke, I had a a breakup from an eleven year relationship, and and you know, we had built a home together, and I think in you know in in moving out and starting my own new place, it kind of challenged my idea of what home means, and is it is it a physical location? Is it a a family? It is. Is it someone you share uh, shelter with? Um, Can it just? Is it just a um, a feeling? So I explored that, and and a lot of these songs were. This is how I I processed kind of um, my new beginnings in my new home, and and I I went through a lot of you know just the the challenges and. and just kind of uh, figuring out how I was feeling about everything through songwriting. And, and yeah. the thing is, is like, you know, I have a therapist who's amazing, and but I realized through that process is like therapy for me is all head, but to understand what I'm really feeling, um, that's, that's through songwriting. And the only way that I can actually process my emotions and really reveal some, some truths about me and, and ideally about, you know, just the world that I'm experiencing is through songwriting. And so, you know, through the writing process of this record, I I wrote over 40 songs, um, just going through the process. And then I took the six most meaningful ones, um, that, 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 uh, I guess, helped me tell the most complete story of this process for me um, and revealed this idea of what, of what home can mean. And I, and I packaged it into this, this album
1: uh, like home. Yeah. Unbelievable. It's such a powerful story with a happy ending as well for you, Ari. (laughs) Um, Let me, you've been so generous with your time. Let me ask you one more question about the songwriting you touch on it. Um, The other day, uh, British uh, Americana singer Yola said, you know, when people say that songwriters write the best or or artists in general are the best when they're in most pain, it's kind of false. That's, that's what she said because um, you know, the, the reality is it's after, like after you've had time to process it, but during it's like a, it's like a goddamn nightmare. You can barely move a finger. Uh, was this kind of like your experience, like, or, or like, or was, or were you like in the midst of this, like were you yeah. actually able to get the pen to paper?
0: Um, so, I think every songwriter and every artist operates differently and that might be their experience. Uh, that's not my experience. My experience is that when I'm in the throes of it, I, I need to write. Otherwise I do go insane. So, Mm. um, and maybe that's just my personality type or maybe that's just how I process or work. But, um, I went through it while writing. I had to write to get through it. So like if I didn't write, uh, you know, I would either suppress it and then it would manifest in other more dangerous ways um, or it would just be something that uh, would debilitate me and I wouldn't be able to do anything and and that's not productive or helpful for, for me. Um, sure. So I intentionally wrote to process. I carved out a lot of writing time um, you know, yes, I run, a, I run a business right now and I have employees to look after and everything, but writing was so important to me that I carved out a day a week where I shut off everything everything, um, and I just wrote. And, and you know, a lot of the times I, I didn't write songs that anybody needed to hear. They were kind of just for me processing. But um, I, uh, I would say after the year of writing, I came out stronger, uh, more complete. um, And I feel like i had kind of move was able to move on because of that year of writing. uh, And I and I felt very healthy after that process. So for me, that's how I got through it. And when I was actually
1: in it, I was writing. Amazing. Well, listen, Ari, you've been so good with your time. You said it all. I mean, what a great (laughs) project. What a great guy. Uh, Amazing guests. We'd love to have you back at some time. You just killed it. So a lot of thought-provoking new, fresh ideas. So thanks for sharing them with our audience. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And safe trip out to New York. York. Thank you. Stay stay warm out there, Ari. Thank you so much for your time. Thanks.
0: You've been listening to J-Rod Concerts, the podcast with Jamie Rodriguez.